This is Due South on WUNC. I'm Jeff Tiberi. How do you find books to read these days? If you're younger, maybe it's a favorite influencer or reader you keep up with on social media. If you're old school, maybe you like to walk through the aisles of a real, in-the-flesh bookstore. From library cards to Kindle subscriptions, there are plenty of ways to read. However, there are not necessarily plenty of spaces dedicated to black literature. There are at least three black-owned bookstores in North Carolina. And in a bit, we'll chat with Victoria Scott Miller and her son Langston, co-founders of the first black-owned children's bookstore in the state. First, let's turn our ears toward Troy Johnson. He's the president and founder of the African American Literature Book Club. And just note here, I might say AALBC at points in this conversation. Troy is an avid reader. In 2008, he quit his corporate job to run the oldest, largest, and most frequently visited website dedicated to books by people of African descent. Troy, welcome to Do South. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you all. So this became your full-time labor of love slash job 15 years ago. You started the website a generation ago. Tell us why. Yeah, literally a generation ago. So I started building websites in the mid-90s for other businesses, and I decided to create a website to sell things so that I could better advise my clients. At the time, barnesandnoble.com had an affiliate program, and so I Mm -hmm. created a webpage, put some books up, Again, it was an experiment to learn, but as soon as I did that, I discovered the world of books. I mean, it's, 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 it might sound counterintuitive coming from someone who has two graduate degrees, but the, the world of books largely escaped me. They, I was learning about things after I started the website that I was just completely oblivious to. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. know the scope and depth of, for example, the Harlem Renaissance, and I grew up in Harlem. I wasn't aware of... Um, you know, all of the great literature that was out there, I wasn't aware of the historical literature. I wasn't aware of the contemporary literature. It, you know, my world just opened up and I became my, you know, my best customer. You know, I was just really passionate about what I was discovering and I want to share it with others. You mentioned the Harlem Renaissance, right? And you 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 mentioned all of these important literary figures and in, in chapters just because you started a website doesn't necessarily mean they're going to follow. Like, what was it that led you uh, to learn uh, about these things that had escaped you? You know, so again, that, learning about Black history and not just um, the history from the very uh, narrow, you know, history of MLK, I Have a Dream, but really learning more about uh, Martin Luther King and all the other civil rights activists that we don't hear much about you know, just discovering those. And, you know, it, so really all of it. I mean, yeah. it just, it, there was just, and, and it, you know, it sounds odd to even say this, but I also discovered there just wasn't a lot out there at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first started the website, I realistically felt like I could find every book that was published. So every book written by or about a black person, I felt that I knew about it. That would be virtually impossible today. Or sure. but in the in the late '90s, early 2000s, yeah, I could say that. And, and I witnessed an explosion of writers. Actually, you know, there was a you know a critical point where there were three uh, black authors on the New York Times bestsellers list at mm-hmm. one time, and that heralded an era where there was really just an explosion of of new writers. Writers and writing in all genres, from you know Chicklet and 
urban fiction and erotica and mm-hmm. just the whole gamut. And, um, you know, it told the industry that, you know, black people do read because one of the other things I discovered was the idea that, you know, there really is an audience for books within the black community. And today we know that, you know, black women, for example, probably read more than any other group. Troy Johnson is your guest here on Do South. He's the president and founder of the African-American Literature Book Club, AALBC.org. And he's joining us on the line from public radio member station WUSF in Tampa, Florida. Troy's going to stick around as we welcome in two more voices. Langston Miller is a seventh grader, and he's here with his mom, Victoria. They co-founded Liberation Station. It's in downtown Raleigh, and it is the first and only Black-owned children's bookstore in North Carolina. And I should note, one of just three, Victoria noted before we uh, hit record here in the studio, three Black-owned children's bookstores in the country. We'll get to kind of that uh, amazing figure, and not in a good way, in a minute. Hey there. How are y'all? Thanks for being here. Good. Good. Thank you for having us. Thank you. A few years ago, y'all didn't find the options that you, you thought were sufficient, that you were looking for when you went into a bookstore. And not only did you take your business elsewhere, you created a business. Tell us a little a bit about the, you know, the beginning here. So we were at a, a crossroads, my family and I, you know, it's a family of four. So my husband, uh, Langston, and our youngest son, Emerson, we um, were just getting out of the, the military. Um, my husband was, you know, a nuclear engineer on a submarine. And we were at the intersection of, you know, my husband being overqualified and not being able to find employment. And then, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mother nurturing our children. And, you know, growing up, we always heard about, like, what our parents are going through in that moment. And sometimes that can compromise you know, the imaginative curiosity of children. And Langston was wanting to write comic books. And I remember very vividly, he stated that he wanted it to look like a lemonade stand and he wanted to put his books up. And we didn't want to compromise his, you know, imaginative curiosity. So we went to Barnes & Noble as a family. Mm -hmm. And we said, you know, the biggest thing is like placement. Where are you going to find your book? Where can it be housed amongst all of the the writers that are echoing the stories that you wish to tell? And it took us, you know, about five, would you say five hours? I think so. Like four or five hours, you know, to be able to find books that represented the stories that he wanted to tell. Um, the scavenger hunt part, I think, was a very starking reality that something needed to to change. Even still, you now have to navigate the uh, financial component of it, uh, funding a business. I don't know. You have to you have to gather books. You have to find a space that is good. That's going to have good foot traffic. Yeah. Are you are you do you have a business background? How did you go like that to me? I think about this and I'm like, that must have been overwhelming. It's one thing to say, I want to I want to create a space where more people can be seen. Sure. And it's another thing to say, I'm going to actually create that space. Yeah. So, I mean, we were we looked at the the spaces and we said, you know, would we be able to financially um, sustain, you know, a physical space? And we just assessed that it would not be possible. But we are 
innovators and innovation often comes from a place of lack. And so by not having those resources immediately available, we decided to use the one thing that has carried us through, you know, um, being a military family, being pregnant and with our two children. And it was our 2011 Chevy Cruze. And that would become like our first storefront. And that would be our pop-up model. So we would literally go from place to place all throughout Raleigh, Durham, the Triangle, and we would set up shop and meet people where they were. Um, we believed enough in making these stories available to the children that deserve them the most that, you know, we took an uncompromising approach to to do that type of legwork in the beginning, and that was in 2019. Tell me about this name, Liberation Station. Where did it come from? What's the story there? Part of our journey, it deals with like my father and his background and drug addiction and, you know, all all of these things. Um, and so part of the name Liberation Station um, was in our ability as parents to say no to almost a multi-million dollar offer that we received. I just want to I want to run with it for a minute, if that's OK, sure. make sure I understand it correctly. So there are some papers of Frederick Douglass's which are in your family's possession. They're a family heirloom of some yes. sort. So, well, they are the letters of Nathaniel Knight, who was oddly a white bookstore owner and justice of the peace in Fells Point, Baltimore. Um, he's also responsible for um, giving Frederick Douglass a copy of the Columbian Order, which he notes in his autobiography of being one of the pieces of literature that kind of just changed um, his anger mm -hmm. um, into a certain level of understanding coming out of slavery. And so we've had these papers in our family. I'm 37 now, so we've had them in, in our family for literally 37 years. My mother did not know who they belonged to. Um, mm -hmm. They found them in the bottom of a basement when they were living in Philadelphia. And wow. in this basement, they would just kind of throw all the, the, the artifacts of people who just kind of unclaimed things after they passed away. And these papers were there. They were inside of a Bible trimmed in gold. And my mom put them in the only preservation method that she knew at the time, which was Ziploc bags. <laughs> and so it would be, you know, 2017 after my father's passing that mm -hmm. we would have access to these, you know, papers again. And my mom said, you know, y'all look like y'all could put this on a gallery wall and do something with it. So I'm going to gift those to you. And my husband and I began to get really curious about some of the signatures and names that were kind of mm -hmm. lifting themselves off of the page. And we ended up um, going through, you know, historian. We went through, you know, Sotheby's and went through all these different channels to authenticate, you know, these yeah. papers. And so we had $250 in our account at the time of this offer. And we said no. And, and so we thought that if this narrative was worth this much, then I wonder what we would be able to do with what we have. And part of that, I would have to say, um, was my husband. You can imagine the conversations we were having with a, you know, nearly a multi-million dollar offer. This would solve all of our problems. Uh, I can. <laughs> you know, and, I, and, the, and the conversations were like, you know, yeah, let's go ahead and sell them. We're good. We can get a house. We can get land. And he said, yeah, it'll be able to do all of that for us, but only for one generation. So let's see what we can do with what we have. Mm. And um, we went on a discounted book website and we just picked all the books that we felt represented, you know, um, our people in all of their glory that weren't based in trauma and 
decided to start a bookstore, a pop-up bookstore, and and have, you know, Langston write the comic book sketches that he began writing, you know, when he was nine. And today, Liberation Station has a, a, a brick-and-mortar location. Yeah. T- tell me about the space. So it is a beautiful 364-square-foot space. Um, it is located inside of an old department store building. It's a historic building. Um, and as soon as you come into our building on the first floor, you are greeted with all of the uh, protest artwork from George Floyd's uh, murder. Mm. Uh, the space is also divided up into four different sections. We have our diaspora wall. So we have books that are sourced from Haiti, Brazil, West Africa, South Africa. And then on the other side is our America wall. So those are Black authors, Black illustrators, and Black-led publishing houses, whether it be small press or the Big Five. And then we have our banned book wall, um, whether it's banned in a classroom, prison, or uh, library. And then we have our anchor section where we have paired an adult title with a children's book title with overarching uh, with the same theme. So you can have an intergenerational conversation. And I do want to mention one very important component of our store is our Braille wall. So we have a Braille wall that has affirmations that were made in mustard seeds so that we can also cater to our visually impaired children as well. Who frequents your store? Wow. Um, is so, it young? Is it old? Is it black? Is it white? Is it brown? Is it uh, you? To be me. honest, yeah. to, so interestingly enough, when we had pop-ups, I would say that ninety percent of our consumer base uh, were white women. Mm. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, ninety percent. Nearly ninety percent. Yeah. yeah, it is uh, significant. Um, but something about having roots and the predictability of us being housed um, in a location where we can have you know, continued access, um, that percentage has nearly flipped. Um, and so we find, you know, it's, and I always say it's gloriously black uh, now. So we have, you know, black and brown children coming, uh, families coming, um, which has been incredible to see. I want to, uh, I guess, hear from both of you. Troy's still on the line and, uh, and, and we're here obviously talking about a bookstore in Raleigh, but I'm going to hit you all with some quick hitters, um, if that's okay. So, one book you're reading right now. Troy? I just finished Disintegration. Um, I actually finished reading, we read as a family stamped for the first time, and that is a heavy one, but it's it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, favorite public library that you've ever visited? I would say the Brooklyn Public Library. Yeah, primarily because, I mean, we recently saw the Jay-Z exhibit. So, yeah, yeah incredible. <laughs> I'm partial to the Queens Public Library because of all the tremendous services they provide um, mm-hmm. the community. This is one from our executive producer, Aaron Kiever. I like this one a lot. How do we get more people to love reading? I would probably say introducing more books to the part. Like, if someone didn't like to read, I would say introducing more books to them. And, you know, maybe if they have a phone, less social media and having more books around them because then eventually that will make them want to read. I've always enjoyed reading, so that one was a little tricky for me to answer. Mom, sure. do you have any input? Um, I, I mean, I I think you've, you've taught me to appeal to the interests of the child, so not necessarily always focusing on reading 
as much as the interest itself. So I didn't know, like I said, until you got to middle school that a lot of children don't enjoy reading, but they enjoy reading comic books and they enjoy reading the manga titles that you've introduced. So really, I've learned a lot about like entering into their world, entering into your world and understanding how to expand from there. You answered the question, I believe. You know, so I'm just re-paraphrasing what you've said. Exposing people to um, good books. You know, mm -hmm. there's something out there for everyone. And the problem is getting that particular book, you know. So trying to help people find the books they're most likely to enjoy. And once they do that, enough times they will become lifelong lovers of, of books. Yo, thanks so much for speaking with us here on Do South. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having us. That was co-host Jeff DeBerry speaking with Troy Johnson, president and founder of the African American Literature Book Club. His website is aalbc.org. And Langston Miller and his mother, Victoria Scott Miller, founders of North Carolina's first Black-owned children's bookstore, Liberation Station, on Instagram at Liberation Station Bookstore. I'm Leonita Inge. This is Due South.